Want to know anything and everything related to pets? You're in the right place. Join us as we talk to pet industry experts about pet fitness and health, pet travel, foods and recipes, pet horoscopes, and much, much more. This episode is brought to you by Fido Fitness and Play, the pet industry's leader in pet transportation. This is Everything Pets with your host, Ed Walden. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Pets podcast. I am your host, Ed Walden, and today I have my trusty sidekick with me, Zeus the Rottweiler. We're both podcasting from the Fido Fitness and Play Power Center. Zeus, say hello. Hey, stop playing with the controls and say hello to our listeners with your inside voice. Well, I'm shutting off his mic because he won't act right. Hey, listeners, have you considered what life might be like after the COVID-19 virus is under control? Hmm. I myself, like many others, am looking forward to traveling to a, a nice beach or a hotel resort or traveling to distant land and sightseeing with my family. Oh, those will be the good new days. Oh, yeah. Oh, but wait. Hmm. What about Zeus? What about your pet? We can't leave them at home to fend for themselves. I'll guess they have to go with us. In today's episode, we're going to chat with Dr. Nelva Bryant about traveling with your pet on an airplane and what to expect before you get on board. Flying on an airplane can be a pleasurable experience for your pet. Or it could be a traumatic experience. Proper preparation is key. It could be a matter of life or death. But before we dive into pet travel by air, let's hear from Zoe Dub and our sponsor. Hi, pet parents. Zoe Dub here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Fido Fitness and Play, North America's number one pet transportation service. Fido Fitness and Play has been safely transporting pets since 2008 in clean, temperature-controlled vehicles, reliably and on time. If you need pet transportation service, call our friends at Fido Fitness and Play at 844-738-3973 or visit their website at FidoFitnessandPlay.com. You can find them on Twitter at DC Fido. Hey, pet lovers. This is Aaron Curtis, and you're listening to the Everything Pets podcast with your host, Ed Walden. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. Hey, pet lovers. I am excited to bring on our next guest, Dr. Nelva Bryant. Dr. Bryant is Delta Airlines' first staff veterinarian. Dr. Bryant has an expertise in live animal transportation. She is a graduate of Cornell University's College of Veterinary Medicine. She is the founder of DVM Transportation Consultants and Facebook's When Pets Fly. Dr. Bryant has 20 years of combined active duty service in the U.S. Army and Public Health Service. Thank you for your service, Dr. Bryant and welcome to the Everything Pets Podcast. Thank you, Ed. I really do appreciate you having me on this and being able to share what I do. Uh, Dr. Bryant, with the eventual return back to life as we knew it, the travel industry will explode, meaning that lots of pets will more than likely accompany their humans either by car, rail, or air. 
Do all animals qualify as pets? When it comes to air travel, they're thinking of pets in cabin. It's going to be primarily thinking of dogs and cats. While you might have your pet rabbit or pet guinea pig, not all airlines will allow you to transport them in cabin. So that's one thing to be aware of. Now, pets going by cargo, if it's a personal pet, there's a it's a designation for personal pets being transported by cargo. But mostly pets, primarily we think of dogs and cats. But going by cargo, dogs, cats, if you have your pet rabbit, yes, you can go by cargo. Pet kangaroo, it can go by cargo. But the main thing is when you're being transported by cargo is just to ensure that the animal, whatever the animal is as your personal pet, is being transported in the right container or crate is the main issue behind that. Whatever you designate as pet could be dog or cat, but it will define where it's being transported by air. So could I board a flight and sit in the cabin, say, with a pet kangaroo? No, that's that's not going to. Very unlikely. I mean, but those days are over with. Remember, we had <laughs> that with the, uh, the person trying to go with a peacock and stuff or even snakes. <laughs> That's not going to happen in cabin. Now, if you want your pet iguana or your pet kangaroo to travel, he will be traveling by cargo in the appropriate container for that animal. Can all pets travel by air or are there some pets that cannot stand the pressure of the cabin? I think they all can as long as they're in the appropriate container for that animal species. And how to find that out is International Air Transportation Association Live Animal Regulation Manual has, I mean, they have a section in there for all, just about almost all animal species. And they'll tell you what type of container it's supposed to be in. And these are, I mean, they imagine zoo animals are transported by cargo, marine life going by cargo, cattle, sheep, horses. With regard to, let's say, dogs and cats, are there any specific breed of dogs and cats that cannot fly? Yeah, that's one thing that people don't really don't like the idea behind it, but it's really for the safety of the animals. Yes, there's these, it's called snub nose, S-N-U-B, or really the technical term for it is a brachycephalic breed. These are dogs that have the short face, the pugs, Boston Terriers, French Bulldogs, Boxers. You see that the conformation of their face is kind of pushed back. All the structures that it's saying in a normal size, so say for the German Shepherd. Imagine a German Shepherd's face being compressed in. So all those facial structures that are there are compressed in that location now. Dogs normally pant to dissipate heat. They don't sweat like we do. They dissipate heat through panting. So you already have a dog that has difficulty breathing normally. I mean, normal setting. They snore. The, the brachycephalic breeds, a lot of them snore and everything. So they have difficulty breathing in normal settings. They over, Because they can't pant well, can't dissipate heat well, they overheat very quickly. And it's not its not that the cargo hold is hot. It's nothing related to that. They just get overly excited about the whole process and start panting. And there were cases, many cases uh, that were reported to the Department of Transportation years back. And the deaths that occurred were always in these brachycephalic breeds. So most airlines now, as a preventative, so there's no deaths because really any death on an airline is, is bad news. So they're trying to find ways to stop that. So they, most airlines have made up an embargoed breed list, and it can include dog breeds and cat breeds that have a brachycephalic snub nose confirmation, and uh, they have deemed them not able to be transported by cargo. Now, with regard to animal deaths on flights, I mm-hmm. know they're rare, but are there any other contributing factors that contribute to animal deaths during a flight? Yeah, they're, they're definitely rare and um if anyone wants to look it up, you can actually go to the Department of Transportation. There's an animal incident report 
that's submitted to the, to the Department of Transportation monthly by uh, the major airlines that are transporting pets by cargo. And these are deaths only by cargo that is reported to them. Uh, if you look into those reports, you'll find that a good portion of them actually have underlying medical conditions. Now, if I knowingly have a pet, let's say a dog that's sick, say it's been vomiting or diarrhea or, or something like that, is my pet still allowed to fly even though I knowingly know that my pet is sick? No. If he shows signs of any sickness or illness, most likely the agents are going to be looking. They're, they're, they're analyzing. They're watching the pets already for just anything, uh, vomiting, diarrhea. Vomiting and diarrhea, if they notice that on there, that's going to be a, kind of like stop something's going on here with this pet. Now, let's talk about emotional support animals, sometimes mm-hmm. referenced as comfort animals. Can a pet owner deem their pet as an emotional support animal on their own? Or is there a formal process pet owner must go through to have their pet considered an emotional support animal? Yeah, the real honest way of doing it is really to get it prescribed by a, your physician. To really do it the right way, it should be diagnosed and uh, the pet that's chosen should be prescribed for you and really a good thought out process. Now, do all emotional support animals fly for free? Well, you know, they change that now. They've changed that. Right after the new year went into effect, the Department of Transportation has deemed emotional support animals as pets. So that means they no longer are allowed in cabin free. The only animals that are allowed in cabin are the ones that you pay for to go underneath your seat or the service animals. And it's a long, it was a long history of, as we were saying earlier, people fraudulently saying that this is my emotional support animal and that caused so many problems in, in flight during flight with either people or flight attendants or passengers getting bit or fights between animals, uh, pets defecating on the or urinating on the plane. I mean, it was a mess. Can anyone just book a ticket for a flight for themselves and their pets and jump on an airplane and go? Is it just that simple? It's not that simple because of the fact that, um, well, if you're traveling by cargo, even by even in cabin, they only allow a certain number. And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't know the exact numbers, and it might vary by airline, but they will only allow a certain number. Service animals are different. That's a different category because I, I don't think they limit the number. You know, if you have a service animal, they don't limit that. But when it comes to in-cabin transport of uh, your pet in cabin with the carrier, there's a limit on that. There may also be a limit in cargo of the number of pets they'll travel at one time. So you can't just quickly say, I'm going to go to Vegas tomorrow. I'm bringing my dog with me right now. It may not be that easy. So I, I believe you have to at least good at least two weeks in advance notice of so everything can be prepared properly. All airlines have pet policies. Mm-hmm. Are all airline pet policies the same or do they vary from airline to airline? No, that's that's another thing that needs to change. It's unfortunate. Delta's policies, uh, live animal policies is theirs. It's, it's different from United and different from American. Um, and I'm sorry, I mentioned the top ones that I know go by cargo. I don't. Southwest might have something different for in cabin. So it, it all it all varies. I think really, to be honest with you, it makes it difficult for the consumer uh, because everything is all over the place. You know, um, say if you're, you might think that you met all the requirements for Delta, but you're on United and you find out, well, I need more information here. I need to do that, you know, certain things. There needs to be a standardization of the mm-hmm. policies across the board. And when I say standardize them, I don't mean minimal. I mean, they should be up to par, a really high standard across the board for all airlines regarding transport of animals. Do airline policies change if the flight is international as opposed to a domestic flight? No, they're about the same as far as uh, the, the policies itself. Just be aware, 
when you're flying internationally, the different only difference with going internationally would be the fact that you're going to be going out to a new country and you must. And it's not the airline that has to do this because the airline is still going to say, I need my health certificate. Your pet must be in a certain type of crate and carriers for tra- air travel, all the things like that. They're still going to demand that. But when you get to your destination country, you need to make sure you have the entry requirements to enter that country with your pet. Because if you don't, guess where you're going? You're going back home. Mm. You're going to turn around and go right back to the U.S. They can say mandatory quarantine or don't get it. Don't really push it. They could say uh, humane euthanasia. Traveling internationally is something that pet owners should take seriously and make sure you meet the requirements of that destination country. And then also it's an interesting thing, too, is that here in the U.S., we don't think of Hawaii or Guam. You know, that's U.S., but those are rabies free states. And you cannot just decide, hey, I'm going to Hawaii in a couple of weeks. I'm going to bring my dog with me. No, you you have there's a, a set of things you need to do to get into Hawaii with your dog. And it's more than just a rabies shot. You've got to get a rabies titer, vaccines, microchipping. All these things has to be done. It takes time, especially for the rabies test. It might take months before you get the results. Wow. You get there and you get there and you don't meet the requirements. Like I said, I mean, U.S., of course, we're not going to say humane euthanasia, but they may say turn around and go back. At your, at your expense now, turn around and go back to the U.S. Or, hey, mandatory quarantine. Guess who's paying for that? Pet owner. Wow. So are the airline requirements the same as the entering country's requirements? No, it's separate. So there's two things you have to do. So you have to make sure you meet the requirements for the airline and then make the requirements for your destination country. And it's, I mean, here in the U.S., when we travel from state to state, we don't think about that because we're still in the U.S. But if you're traveling to, like I said, Hawaii or Guam, you need to consider that because their rabies, their the rabies status is different from the continental U.S. So, how would a pet owner know what the airline requirements are? Go to the the website for your their, your particular airline, and you could probably search on it and find their live animal policies, and they'll have them listed. Now, what about the entering country requirements? How would That's, someone yeah. find that information? Great place to look for that is there's a website for USDA. It's USDA, the pet travel website. They will list all, just about every country will be listed. How far in advance should a pet caretaker prepare for traveling with their pet by air? I would say, to be honest with you, if you know your, uh, you know, if you know your traveling, say good, at least good three to two to three months out. A lot of times folks will pull out that the, the pet carrier that, or the crate, that they use initially to um, house train your pet in, kind of like one of those, or to buy someone old, someone's selling it and they buy it and everything and think everything's fine. And they figure they can just shove the dog in or shove the cat in there and it'll be perfectly fine. Wrong thing to do because they're not acclimated and comfortable with being in that confined spot. And they might have to be there for, who knows, might be up to eight to 10 hours in a crate. So to get them more accustomed to being it, it should be more like a safety spot for them. Take your time. Start introducing it into room, make you know, maybe feed them in it and just get them comfortable being inside of it. So it would at least I would say at least two months really to get them. That's the least. Start getting them prepared for it. Now, Dr. Bryant, you have given us a boatload of information regarding pet travel by air. If some of our listening audience wanted to get more information, how could they reach out to you? Let's see. If you have any further questions for me, uh, you can always reach me by email when pets fly at gmail.com. They can find me on social media on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and group called When Pets Fly. And you can also reach me on Instagram. It's uh, When Pets Fly again. 
And I also have presence on uh, a new app called Clubhouse, which is for Apple users. And I give a weekly, I have a weekly room where I share information again on pet travel. And I entitle it again, When Pets Fly. Well, it's official. And you are now part of the Everything Pets podcast family. And we'd love to have you back on the show really, really soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Hey, that's Dr. Nelva Bryant, everybody. Pet lovers, I don't know about you, but I certainly feel prepared and ready to plan my next trip with my Rottweiler Zeus. I'm going to start planning well in advance, and I hope you do too. (laughs) Hey, let's end the podcast on a high note. Until next time, my friends, always be kind to pets and animals because they'll be kind to you. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast Pets. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube at the Everything Pets Podcast and also visit our website, TalkingPets247.com for special offers and product information. Okay, I'm Ed Walden and I am out of here. Hi, Daddy. Love this episode of Everything Pets? Let us know with a review. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Follow us on social media at Podcast Pets and check out our website at TalkingPets247.com. This episode is brought to you by Final Fitness and Play, your pet transportation expert.